They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poet's part Bright light city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down I just happen to come up hard Legal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it I never it. took a straight path nowhere Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. I live, I learn. I'm from that city full of yellow cabs and skyscrapers. It's hard to get a start in these parts. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to or watching the Powercast. And today we will be recapping Power Book Two Ghost, Season Two, Episode Four. And the title of this episode was Getting These Ends. So I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And I'm also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you, Dana? I'm doing wonderful. Good to know. So, yeah, a very interesting episode. Uh, Lots of twists and turns in this one. Uh, As usual, like, as they've been doing the season, you know, it seems like they're setting up a lot of different things for the latter half of the season because we see a lot of, you know, interesting plot points, you know, developing here. And then also there was a big, big surprise, you know, a big twist in in the show and everything in the episode. So, yeah, there's lots to talk about this week. Uh, But, you know, this is just a friendly reminder that, you know, if you enjoy the content, you can hit the like button, you, you can subscribe to the channel, you know, and also be sure to leave a comment. Um, Because, you know, we appreciate your comments and we do, you know, we reply and we're actually going to start, you know, responding to these comments on the show, too. So, you know, we appreciate any comments and everything. We love talking about power. So if you have any thoughts or theories or questions, definitely, um, you know, comment and, you know, leave that in in the the video or, you know, even on the podcast channel or or anything, you know, just drop a comment. Um, So, yeah, just a friendly reminder there. But yeah, we're going to get right into our takeaway section, which is where, you know, we give sort of our opinions and things we noticed and things that, you know, intrigued us about the episode. And then later on, we'll get into the question segment where we uh, basically do a deep dive on, you know, different theories and questions that that were formed from this episode. Um, So, yeah, uh, with the takeaways, I'm going first this week. So let me dive right into it. Um, so, um, let's see here. I wrote a lot of takeaways, but some of them I don't think I'm going to mention anymore. Because uh, <laughs> my, my mind has changed a little since watching. Um, so, okay, so, uh, nah, not that one. Uh, damn, I wrote a lot. Okay, loved. Uh, okay, yeah, so I love the tension in the scene with, you know, with Tate and Carrie and uh kevin and the the dean of the school like the tension in that scene was so good because it's like you've got you've got kevin whitman and you've got carrie and you know these these two characters they're hiding a lot in the, in in the room you know because you've got simon stern there you've got richard tate and you've got the dean so they don't want them to know what they know but then at the same time you have tate and Tate actually knows more than he's supposed to because he overheard some things. And and I think it's safe to assume that Rashad Tate probably, you know, he probably spoke to 
to Simon Stern off camera and had this sort of situation set up, you know, um, to put pressure on Kevin. But yeah, I just love the scene because there's so much going on in it and there's so much unsaid. And like, there's a part in there where, you know, Kevin Whitman has, you know, because they're asking him why he's focused on Zeke. And Kevin Whitman says he's focused on Zeke because he believes Zeke has motive. And then, you know, Tate turns to Carrie and he asks her, you know, why do you think he has motive to to, to hurt Jabari? And, you know, um, that, like, the, the look on her face and, like, that, that was just such a brilliant moment because we know that Tate now knows that there's something going on between uh, Carrie and Zeke. And then, you know, Carrie can't actually answer that question you know, because without, you know, giving herself up. But I like how she flipped it because then, you know, that's when she went into uh, Jabari was actually writing something about the GT- GTG student or, or the, the young GTG crew member who got killed in the pool. You know, she brought that up and the fact that Jabari was writing about it and she told them that, you know, they should look into that. So I, I like that spin that she put on it, you know, to kind of divert the attention away from from that but um yeah i love those the, that whole dynamic and i love that they brought back um you know tate's brother and used him in an interesting way as well you know because now he's going to be working with kevin and that adds extra pressure to his character as well because he seems pretty adamant on pinning this on carrie and zeke because it seems like he's coming from a place of jealousy you know with that so um, I like that, you know, they've got Richard Rich, uh, Tate's brother there um, to, you know, kind of uh, to kind of offset that and, and have him, you know, have him um, rethink his ways and his methods. Um, so that's good. Um, and yeah, and I'm wondering if we're going to see more, you know, we saw you guys mentioned, you know, before we, we, we started the show that you know, you reminded me that they questioned Lauren, you know, about, um, you know, Jabari and everything and, and things that could have led up to his murder. But I'm I'm wondering if they're going to go deeper with that in the next episode and interview more students, because um, it seems like, you know, if there's if they're going to divert this investigation to the campus and look into the whole drug situation, it seems like they would question a lot more students. And I, I think there's some potential for some interesting scenes with, um, I forget the name of the girl, but, you know, the, the other black girl that's in Tariq's class, um, you know, she, you know, she's a, a smoker. She likes, she likes smoking weed. So I think there's an interesting dynamic that could come from that, from, you know, showing, um, you know, the, the, uh, the mistrust that's there with people, you know, people uh, and police, like black people and police, like, you know, cause Black people don't like, you know, we don't like talking to the police. We don't trust them and stuff like that. So I think they can play with these themes a lot. Um, And there probably will eventually be some kind of student who might slip up and say something. Perhaps that that girl who uh, took the video of Zeke, you know, maybe she would say something. Maybe that would kind of give them more of a hint towards what's going on with with the whole app and stuff like that they're using. The course correct thing. So... So, yeah, like, I'm interested to see if they dive deeper with that because what they could do is, you know, because on the surface it looks like um, 
Tate's brother is there to kind of serve Rashad Tate's interests a little bit, like, you know, because we know Tate wants to divert the attention away from Carrie because he has his own motives for that. Um, but, but you know, um, during that process, the cop, like um, Tate's brother, does he have a name? I can't remember his name. Tate's brother. Say again. His name is Kamal. 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 Okay. So yeah, Kamal. Um, you know, he might actually get invested emotionally into you know the the whole the whole dynamic with the students. Like he might get invested to the point he actually cares more about it. Um, and then you know that might refocus his you know his attention away from helping his brother to actually caring about what's happening on the campus um and yeah like i think it would be cool if they explored that dynamic like sure they have this agenda to to help tate become a congressman but also you know he is he he is a cop and you know maybe he actually does care about his job and the people you know as well so i'd like to see uh if that's a, a situation that happens uh there um and also, uh, so Kane, Kane was very interesting in this episode because um, we're seeing different things here, you know, with his character and his actions. So we see that, you know, um, coming off of what happened last week, he starts hanging around with Brayden. Um, and, you know, there's a situation where they need to, Monet needs to raise money to pay Davis McLean to defend Zeke. Um, so Kane, you know, he he's eager to help out with that. And he decides to bring Brayden with him to hit a few licks to raise the money. And uh, I think we see that Brayden, you know, he he loves those moments because he's kind of an adrenaline junkie. So he kind of, you know, gets off with that rush, that that feeling of, uh, you know, risk and everything. So he seems to really enjoy that, you know, hanging out with Kane and doing these things. Um, but I also think deep down Kane loved it as well. He loved it more than he lets on, but that is a direct conflict of interest now because we see that, you know, Mecca puts it in his ear that, you know, cause this whole Zeke situation is closing in on them. And we know that, um, Kane is the one who killed Ramirez and Ramirez's gun is tied to Jabari's murder also. So he's, you know, that whole situation is closing in on him and that directly implicates him. So he's going to take Mecca's advice on that. And, you know, we see what he does at the end where he plants the evidence, the badge and everything. But I think that is going to kind of, um, I think this might be something he regrets later because I think, you know, it, on the surface, it looks like um, he's playing Brayden and using him and manipulating him and he actually is to an extent but i think deep down he's kind of developing some sort of bond with him as well some sort of like you know some some feeling of brotherhood with him um deep down so i think he might have some sort of inner conflict at some point later in the season where you know and there might be a situation where he has to choose between you know um, his friendship with Brayden and, you know, Mecca maybe or something, or, you know, he has to like make a decision about where he lies 
in in the middle of everything, you know, Monet, Mecca, Tariq, and Braden, you know, where does he stand in that? Because he's tied heavily to to all of these characters. So, um, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. But I did really enjoy those scenes because it's very reminiscent of um, of Ghost and Tommy, like you know, seeing those two, you know, run around and do things and rob people and stuff. Like you know, it kind of gave that flashback a little bit. Uh, I know someone in the comments also mentioned that um, it was like uh, Kanan and Tariq, I think people were saying or something like that, um, where, you know, because you had uh, Kanan kind of manipulating Tariq uh, to an extent. So, you know, some people made that parallel also. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think Kane is is definitely more invested in Brayden than, than he's letting on. So... We'll see if if that you know if that shows itself later on. Um, and you know the Mecca bombshell. I know you guys are going to have a lot to say about this, so I won't you know talk too much on it yet because uh, there's you know there's a whole dialogue we can have about that. But um, the Mecca bombshell, um, I think it was very well played. You know, very well done, well implemented, because it's one of those things where. As soon as he says it, you pause and then you're like, you know, you start thinking back through the episodes and you're like, wow, that makes sense now. Like, because you see how obsessive Monet has been over Zeke, you know, and her, you know, refocusing her entire plan, her entire business on him. You know, she put her whole plan into Zeke and his career. That makes sense now, you know, because that's her son, you know. Um, it, you know, if it was like her nephew, it'd be like, wow, you're, you know, you're putting your whole life, you know, uh, your whole plan on your nephew, like that's, you know, a bit weird. And, and, and it would be like, how would his parents feel about that? You know, but now that, you know, the whole twist has, has been, you know, implemented, it's like, yeah, yeah. Now we totally see that. And I'm sure there's people out there who called this, you know, I mean, Dana, you know, she kind of, she called it, you know, so. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people called that, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, as soon as the twist happens, you're like, oh my God, like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, you know, but that brings about a bigger question of, you know, um, when will this blow up? Uh, when when will this blow up in their faces? When will everyone learn about it? And uh, that's going to be, you know, something we discuss later. But um that also, you know, make it makes sense now that, you know, um, Mecca is his dad, because that's entirely why he made Kane do what he did, because he sees, you know, all of the heat that's on Zeke. So he, you know, he gets in Kane's ear and tells him, you know, find a way to, you know, plant this on somebody else. Um, so that whole thing makes sense. Um, and I guess it makes sense why he's, he's been coming around and why he's using Kane to kind of get back close to Monet and, you know, why he still has feelings for Monet. But I want to see how that dynamic between Mecca and Zeke is going to play out. Like, is he going to, is he going to try and make contact with him, you know, and stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And then also, you know, if the rest of the family finds out, how will they react, you know? So so yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, that's my takeaways. 
So I'm going to pass it over to Miss Dana Abercrombie now because I'm very excited to hear, you know, what she has to say about these things. So go ahead, Dana. Yay. I was right. Last week I said Mecca is somebody baby daddy. And we all bet $1 million and I'm going to give you three hours to come up with that money. So thank you. You can ask um, Mecca for some help. Um, one of the things that I want to bring up today's lesson for the show, because you know it always has a lesson that correlates with the show, was about um, whether or not if you cross that boundary, you're still an ethical person. You're considered a, still a good person. And one of the things that Tariq brings up in the class is that it depends on what your definition of a good person is and what are your ethical boundaries. And we see that a lot in play with today's episode because today's not today. Well, yeah, it would be today. So today's episode, pre-recorded. So today's episode, um, we learn what people are willing to do when they're in a crisis and what they're willing to do to other people to get that heat and blame off of them. So we start off, obviously the big one is going to be Brayden is this poor innocent child who's really enjoying life right now because he gets to like shoot at people and rob them. And he's like, yeah, I'm living my best life. Um, so, but you get to see that they're going to pin a murder on him. And how, what does that end up being? And remember, we started, I'm going to assume from last week, with the badge. Remember, it was Kane who cleaned off the badge and put the badge inside of Braden's dorm, dorm room and put it under some books and things so he wouldn't notice that something was disturbed. And they're slowly plotting and planning for Braden to take the fall for a murder that he never did. And he is, like you said previously, Gary, there's might be an attachment to him. But the thing, I don't know if Kane is that kind of person to form attachments to people. Like, we can be cool and we're hanging out and yay, but I have to do this for my family. So I'm a smile in your face, but remember, backstabber, this old song. My grandma made me listen to it. Anyway, so we have that going down, one situation there. Then we have Lauren and the wire. What was really interesting, not sure if anybody watches Mob Wives, but if you watch Mob Wives, there is uh, Karen Gravano, uh, Graziano, her husband, was hired by the FBI, not hired, but the FBI made him wear a watch and he took down the whole family. So I like how they put the watch in this show. I'm pretty sure they didn't do that on purpose because FBI uses watches and other listening devices, but I like that with the fancy watch, which to me, I didn't like. And let me explain why. It's too flashy. Where all of a sudden did you get the watch from? And that's what Tariq even said. Where'd you get the watch from? It brings across too much attention. And me going to college, I would not be wearing a big attention watch. You know, somebody's going to knock me in the head and steal my watch. And then now I'm in trouble with the FBI. I'm sorry. I can't listen to anybody. Maybe you can find it because you're listening to the thieves. But the point I'm saying is, with this... One of the things that Braden said, even nonchalantly, that I think that they're going to implement with this series is whatever you do, don't tell Lauren where, where you get the money. Whatever you do, don't let Lauren know that we're in the drug business. And I wonder, because Lauren is so, you don't tell me anything about what's going on. He is going to lessen those walls and be like, well, I got to, you know, we have to build trust. And so he's going to tell. 
I don't think she's going to be the kind of person who's going to start, you know, who would turn him in. But I do believe that because of that whole watch situation, it is going to make the FBI listen more into what's going on. And it may end up implementing him in whatever crimes that he has that he's involved with. We know that he's trying to get back his sister. We know that he has a fake business that he has to pay, what is it, $30,000 for. And how everything he's establishing right now is really illegal. Also, we have that 3D printed wall, which is genius, by the way. But that whole the wall thing is going to be discovered by someone, the FBI, I believe. Also, we have that white girl journalist who's running around these streets in college. So I don't trust that at all. And again, I still feel sorry for Braden. And when it comes to Lauren, she may end up with a situation because, remember, they threatened her with actual legal action against her and how that would look on her record is she that willing to protect Tariq where she's going to end up doing time for him and I hope she's smart enough to not do that so there may be a time where she has to you know make him take the fall for whatever set him up maybe she will have to knowingly set him up if we're talking about ethical boundaries you have to cross those boundaries and she might be okay with that as well Lastly, I really wanted to bring about um, was the fact that, um, what was it? It was the fact that we have the situation, Carrie gets on my last goddamn nerves, but um, the situation between Carrie, Kevin, Kamal, and how we have what would now we now know with the resurfaced body of Ramirez and how that is all connected. Carrie, I genuinely, this show is starting to make me feel sorry for Carrie. Like every week of every hour that Kevin's existence is still around, he has hate in his heart for Carrie and he is trying to turn her in for a murder that she did not do. In this episode, he did not call her an explicit hoe, but it got to the point where it was like, you were basically, you were a dirty hoe. And I just don't understand. Hopefully we'll get some clarification aside from you broke my heart one time because remember, she, he's assuming that every person that basically looks at her, she slept with and is on his side, on her side. There's some real steep paranoia and hurt and pain in there and he needs some therapy or he needs to die. I hope he dies with that pain because I just don't want to see him no more. But involving that thing, remember how you mentioned the journal, not that um, the book that um, Whatchamaface Jabari was working on and how Kamal seems to be the only one who's listening about what's about the book and taking other, um, what would you call it, other tips and other kind of pieces of evidence into the case, aside from Kevin, who's intent on saying that Carrie is the killer, and that if it wasn't Carrie, then it was Zeke, and if it wasn't Zeke, Zeke hired a cop to go and kill Jabari. To the I, anyway, so I wonder what is going to happen in that situation where we have we knew that Ramirez was his body was dug up and he was found and that that way it gets the heat off of Zeke so you have that crossing the line of ethical boundaries with that and you brought in Braden to start it like do your dirty work literally and this is what I wonder with Braden if you're going to set set up Braden for a crime that he did not commit he also has dirt on you so what exactly is the end game involving Braden if you both have dirt on each other? 
I hope this is not going to be a situation where Braden ends up, you know, dead. But I don't know what they're going to do with Braden and how this is going to all play out and how this ends up tying into a much bigger picture. So that right there was a lot of ethical boundaries that was crossed just in general um, with Kevin and his blind hatred for Carrie. Is he willing to do something illegal and, and, and continue to personally indict Carrie for a murder she did not do? And we know that she did not do. What boundaries is he able to do? Is he going to start, you know, randomly start submitting and building an evidence against Carrie? We already know that the evidence that he had just didn't work. But if he starts planting it on her, what will happen in that situation there? So those were my one of my well, the bigger takeaways that I had. Um, uh, the smaller ones would obviously would be um, involving the whole Jamila Hill um, interview situation, which was literally a hot mess. And you could say that they crossed the line there by her going completely off script. But she was, if you look at it, she was basically doing her job. She didn't cross any lines and she didn't make a, we didn't see any kind of deal being made. It was all felt like it was on assumption that McLean knew that she would walk that line. But as a journalist, especially with something that's as big as this, she doesn't have to have any kind of of line that she decides she doesn't want to cross. She's trying to get the story straight. She's trying to get the facts straight. And it's not like anything ethical where she started just completely talking about things that didn't have anything to do with the case. Um, maybe how she used her sources may have been one of like, oh, I don't know how you, how you got this information. And maybe it was wrong to give that information to her. But at the end of the day, she's a journalist who was doing her job. At the end of the day, I actually blame more of the family because they've been dealing with cops their entire life, especially with the, the line that um, Monet is under. She's been dealing with cops. And I'm pretty sure she's ne- she's been questioned before about something missing or a drug situation or a dead body. And they should have prepared him better and not think that Jamila was going to play whatever cards that they was going to deal. So that's actually on McLean, and I would ask for my money back after that whole situation. But overall, that that seems to be the big main takeaways. And yay, I was still right about Mecca being somebody, baby daddy. Yep, you was for sure. Uh, yeah, great takeaways. Uh, yeah, we, we we're definitely gonna dive back into some of those topics uh, in a little while. But yeah, some good stuff uh, that you raised right there. And uh, props to you again for for calling that whole mecca thing with him being the the baby daddy and and stuff. And I I think you mentioned um, before as well that you know Monet is is Zeke's uh, you know mother or something. So I so said yeah, good call sense. on that. Too close to the kids. <laughs> Remember the shared phone. Oh yeah, yeah. Indeed. So, yeah, we're going to hear from uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. now on his takeaways and then, you know, we'll get we'll get into some of that stuff. So uh, take it away, Rich. Okay, uh, excellent takeaways by uh, Dana and Gary, as always. Um, I thought this was, once again, another very good episode of Power. I'm going to you know, I have about three key takeaways I'm going to focus in on. And obviously, I have to start it with the big bombshell that Dana predicted with Mecca and Monet. 
Uh, so Zeke Cross, these are his parents. Uh, the messiness of the situation is, again, you know, Zeke believes that Monet is his aunt. And he has and he's been told this since the since the very beginning. So when it came out of left field, it, it was a surprise to me. And as you alluded to, Gary, it was handled very well because as you watch the episode and then you think about everything that has happened so far this season, it makes perfect sense. We know that earlier in this episode, Kane was talking to Mecca about his issue that there was a family member that was in trouble. So that explains how later in the episode when Davis McLean said, oh, I got I got the money now. It explains. It, it's perfect explanation of, yes, Mecca got involved in this. Yes, he did pay to make sure that they had enough so that they can take the case. And he did everything that he could do to protect his son. So when you think about it from that standpoint, it's just an excellent reveal. Uh, it, it, and of course, it brings in a lot of questions as to, well, how are the rest of the kids going to react when they eventually find this information out? Um, how will Lorenzo react when he finds out that Monet had another kid? And I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a very messy situation, but it makes it very entertaining for uh, those of us watching. Because again, we got to see how it all unravels. So I thought that was very well done. Um, another takeaway. Uh, I know... Dana mentioned that she feels very sorry a little bit for the Carrie character. I will say this episode made me fully understand what they are trying to do with this character because she had alluded to towards the end of last season, she used to be a private investigator. All right. They dive into that again with the whole introduction of Kevin and how he is very suspicious of her. And now in this episode, she basically is working with, Kamal trying to get information out of the students because she is the one that talked to Lauren about, you know, potentially helping with this investigation. And most likely, yes, she did play a role with the watch to get, get the wire in the watch to make sure that she is helping to do her part. And even when she had her conversation with Tate, trying to convince him, you know, it would benefit you to basically make sure that Zeke is innocent because it will help your chances of getting attention to become governor. So she is very much playing the game in terms of using some of her investigative skills, if you will, as well. Of, of course, things could still end badly for her, and I'd still expect things to end badly for her because at the very beginning of this episode, you, you saw she, she, was, she was supposed to meet up with Zeke, at least she thought she was, and instead she, she met up with Monet, and that was when Monet threatened her and said, you need to do everything you can to protect Zeke. So I think, yes, she's still in a lot of danger, but I like what they're doing with the character in terms of showing you that there is more to her besides just being the teacher. She's trying to really influence what's happening with the kids and trying to get the information she needs to do to clear her name and to clear Zeke's name. So, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, one other little point to add on to that's also a part of this takeaway is that with Kamal, you know, it did, it was mentioned towards the end of this episode that he found something in Jabari's book and he was going to ask her about this information, but that was when they got the news that they found Ramirez's body. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen next week in terms of what he found and how he's going to talk about that information. Because again, we know that Jabari was very detailed in terms of the character that he was basically talking about, which was Tariq. He didn't mention names, 
But again, when you talk about, you know, you know, his background and, you know, the fact that he had, you know, James St. Patrick as his father, et cetera. Again, he didn't use names like the actual real names. But if someone is reading too deeply into that, they probably can think about, okay, this could be similar to somebody that I know. So I'm curious to see where they're going with that direction. But yes, I thought it was very good. Um, now, this is the this final takeaway here. It, it touches upon some of the things that you both mentioned about with Kane's character and with Brayden. Now, I'll be very honest with you, uh, Gary. I know you've mentioned this already. I, I got to be honest, and I'm very curious how the fans feel about this. From what I have seen so far of you know, how Kane interacts with Brayden when they go on these missions together. Yes, it does remind you of, you know, when you had Tommy working with Kanan and to an extent when Tommy was working with Ghost. I actually like their dynamic as a team from what I'm seeing in this episode, even though Kane has ulterior motives. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. But one very interesting tidbit that I did notice from this episode now Y'all recall when they went to the jewelry store and they robbed that guy, okay? When they did that, it's worth noting that Brayden did not have a mask on. So if, when that guy is eventually found, because you know he will, you know, he did get knocked out, but he will recover. He might be able to identify that Brayden was there and that he had a, had something to do with that robbery. So this is why I said the whole end of it with the framing makes perfect sense because now that's somebody that can work against Brayden. But where I have some confusion is that, you know, I thought at the end of the episode, he planted that badge to frame Tariq. And that is why I said, I wasn't really clear about that. Could it be Brayden? Yes. But as you both alluded to, Brayden has information on, on him. So it, it would be a bad look for him to do that. Cause what would stop Brayden from talking about Kane? So I feel like we probably need to get a, a bit more, a more definitive answer on that. Uh, unless, you know, I am curious to know what, what everyone that is watching this, what their takeaway from that is as well. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, uh, I interpreted it as, yeah, he was trying to frame Tariq, but because they share a room, you know, him and Brayden. Yeah, they're both in the room. I, so. so so I think Brayden is still vulnerable. He could like, you know, it could end up being him that gets the blame. So. Because, because, oh, no, go, go, go ahead, Dana, because I, 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 I have one I, other report there. I interpreted it as, as um, they framed Brayden purposely. Because remember, when he wouldn't put the badge, that's when Brayden couldn't stop vomiting. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's what I see. That, that's, but, and, and, I, and I understand that interpretation 100%. No, go, go ahead. And I, I'm going to say something after you, Gary. But I remember, like, uh, at the end, Kane's final words are, and are, like, he says something about Tariq, like, and yeah, tell Tariq I'll be seeing him too, or something like that. So I thought that's and because he he says it together. in a villainous way. Yeah, I thought that was because they worked together, and it was like, ha, ah, well, I'll be seeing him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it yeah, was but, like, but, but, oh, see, see, that that makes sense. But now let me explain to you why I I think it, why I thought it was Tariq is because if you look at all the episodes leading up to this. You remember whenever him and Tariq, they got into that conversation about Ramirez, if the Ramirez body comes up and all this other stuff, he said, Tariq, you're going to be the one that takes the blame for this stuff. If anything happens and I feel that I'm under pressure, you'll be the one to take the blame for this. Plus, with the last episode, when Mecca finally got into his head and said, 
you want to control this Tariq St. Patrick, all this other stuff. Well, that's why I said uh, it's obvious that he doesn't like Tariq. Uh, obviously, he will work with him. But if, if, if it comes down to whether it's him or Tariq, I, I feel like he, his motive is definitely to get rid of Tariq. But again, it could also be Braden as well. Because, again, they, they share the room together. And the thing is, is that if, if – if, if, see, I don't know what his goal is with this plan because I feel like one or the other is a test of loyalty. If if Braden is set up, you don't think Tariq is going to try and find out what happened to his friend? And then vice versa, if 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 if, if, if Tariq is the one that's set up, Braden knows that he was with he was with Kane when they when they got that body. So that's why I said it's it's still I don't know what his whole plan is of how he thinks this is going to work because I kind of think one of those guys would stand up for the other, but I'm not sure. But how do you control Tariq by setting Tariq up when they specifically said in order to control Tariq, you have to control Brayden? But yeah. but that that plan switched this week because of Zeke, because now Mecca wants to protect Zeke. So so that's why he he made Kane um, frame someone else for it. So he, then he do, wants... you, do you view as them getting closer to Brayden as him making him feel like he's more trustworthy than Tariq, and then that's how you'll able to control Brayden? Like, I'm the only friend that you have who you can actually trust? Yeah, I think, like, because initially the idea was to control Tariq uh, through Brayden, but then, like, you know, because of because of what happened in this episode with Zeke, like, it kind of switched, like, Mecca's, um, you know, priorities switched up, like, because now he wants to protect Zeke. So he wants somebody else framed um, so that Zeke is is safe, basically. So like now he he puts it in Kane's ear to you know to instead frame someone. So then, um, is that so. why he wouldn't give him a gun that worked because the gun jammed on purpose? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. gosh, darn so. it! My whole thing was wrong. So, but but but, but no no. I, I mean, it, it still could be. It, I mean, I feel like I feel like it could still go either way. It's. Because again, my 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 whole point goes back to is if you frame one, do you really think the other is not going to try to get involved with this? They they work together, so obviously the other one is going to be concerned about well, what's going on with this situation. I need to figure out what's happening with my friend. So yeah. that's why I'm curious to see what he thinks is going to be the end goal of this, besides somebody getting framed, because somebody is going to definitely know. And if it is Tariq, he sets up. Brandon knows that he was there with Kane, so. That's why I said I don't know how that's going to work. Um, if it is Braden, uh, I kind of feel like Tariq still would try to do what he can to protect him because the other thing is, even though Tariq and Braden are friends, he still knows that in order to get the information that Tate needs, he needs to stay close to Braden and his family. So that's why I said it's a lot of different dynamics they can go with this, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. But go ahead, Gary. And, and that, that leads into... I don't know if I should say it now or later, but that leads into a theory that I had about what could potentially happen uh, with this uh, evidence. So, like, I'm I'm wondering if maybe Tariq finds it or something, or Brayden finds it, um, and then you know they can actually use it to you know ultimately pin this on Sweeney or something. Like, they could find a way to ah. pin this on on somebody else, you know. So that'll be a hell of a uh, spin. Yeah. 
but 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 you know, and, and just to to go to say something very briefly about what you said though, you made a good point when you said, yeah, what if Tariq finds it? If Tariq finds that badge, I think he's gonna kind of know that Kane was involved yeah. in this because they've been talking back and forth about this. And he said, oh yeah, when last week's episode is Kane's is is Ramirez's body going going to come up? No, it's not. So I kind of feel like he would know. That's why I want to see what is the end game here with the, with this whole storyline with that particular situation. Yeah, yes, yeah, there's so many ways that that thing can go. Um, but yeah, um, great great theories here about that. Um, we're we're gonna switch over to our questions segment, um, and you know we can continue to discuss this in a little bit as well. But um, yeah, great theories. I just want to give everyone a reminder to hit the like button. You know, subscribe, comment, and everything. If you're enjoying this content, you know we uh we we don't get paid to do this, but we love to be here. We love to engage with the people. We love to talk about power and everything. So you know, it it really helps us if you do support the show. You know, hit the like button, leave a comment, subscribe, hit the bell. You know, uh, all of that stuff is free. So you know, if you if you appreciate the content, then please do engage. Uh, we, we'd very much love that. Um, so, yeah, speaking of that, let's get into our questions segment. And I want to open up with, you know, a, a, a comment that was uh, sent to us on the last episode um, from Esther, Esther Negron. So um, shouts to, you know, Esther. So she left a, a quite a big comment. You know, I encourage everyone to go and read it because she said some interesting stuff. But one of the things that was, you know, particularly interesting in her comment was, um, you know, she basically talked about the fact that Diana and Effie are spending, you know, more time together and everything. And then in this episode, we see they went shopping and um, the, the subject of Tariq was brought up. And, you know, Effie was kind of um, trying to guard Dana. Uh, sorry, not Dana, uh, Diana. <laughs> sorry, Dana. I keep, I keep uh, mixing up those names, uh, Uh-oh. but yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of, you know, she was giving her some advice and telling her, you know, you should probably um, stay clear of Tariq because, you know, he's he's kind of out for himself. You know, he doesn't really care about you. And, you know, she's sort of speaking from experience, but not saying that, you know. Um, and, you know, basically es- Esther believes that, you know, um, it was alluded to last week, of course, uh, or the week before. I can't remember where that Effie has now switched sides, like because we saw her, you know, uh, with a woman. So uh, Esther is basically saying, you know, these two could potentially get together uh, because they are already spending a lot of time together and stuff. So I wanted to ask you guys if this is something that you could see happening, you know, with these two characters getting together potentially so uh this is very interesting i don't know who to go to first uh, um uh, let's let's go uh, can, let's can go make, with you dana oh you want to go first rich yeah yeah i was gonna say let, let, i will make a recommendation because i believe that the dana um might be interviewing these two women so i think that dana should answer this question mm, first. yeah yeah that's true <laughs> yeah go <laughs> Go ahead, the, Dana. You know the, the interview. Here's the thing: the interview already happened, and it will be posted on the same day as this, this whole Powercast is up. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to it right after you listen to us. 
because this is pre-recorded. Um, <laughs> in terms of Effie and Diana, I did not feel that way at all. I know sometimes it would be like, yeah, you sisters, just leave the man and y'all probably be better off. You go help each other, get your education, help with the drug game, get your money together. I never really viewed them as getting together at all, having any kind of romantic interest with each other. Do I want them to become friends? I think that they would be have a very beneficial friendship and that we're starting to see the seeds of that right now. Um, with them hanging out and just kind of basically speaking and giving each other advice and the encouragement of, you know, go and go to school and get whatever it is that you want to get from. And, you know, she said, teach me for, I think in the previous episode, how do I do that? How do I do what you do? And um, I think that that would be more beneficial than to make it romantic because with a lot of romance, things don't work out. You know, it, it, if they become business partners later on, don't know how this is going to go, but that can end up being really messy and it can ruin a lot of things. So I don't want them to get together because relationships are messy and I don't want it to destroy whatever kind of friendship that they have that's already growing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a uh, interesting cause, cause um, a lot of times in shows, you know, you, you might like, uh, a ca- characters might stand out a lot by themselves, but then like the, the writers choose to put two characters together and then it like diminishes both characters. So that could be something that happens in this situation. If they do link up, it might sort of take away. Cause we we've just started to see Diana blossom a little bit. She's like coming into her own. So like, if she, you know, gets into like a relationship, will it take away from the character they were developing now, you know? So, but, um, I mean, it depends, you know, sometimes if the writing is good enough, it won't matter. But, but yeah, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But what about you, Richard? Is this something you can see happening with these two characters? Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think Dana made a, made a good point that, you know, not wanting to see that happen. How, however, when you, when you mention the word messy, it appears that that seems to be a running theme on this show. The, the messy professors messing around with the students the uh, the aunts, the people claiming to be aunts, but they actually are. That that's my mother. That's that, that's mommy right there. Um, my answer to the question is, I I think first and foremost, yes, Esther made an excellent comment. I I think that it is a high possibility this is going to happen, and the reason why I say that is because when they had that conversation, something very important that was mentioned. Diane is still a virgin, and Effie was telling her. Yes, you should save yourself for somebody special. Tariq has not really had an opportunity to really get too close to Diana, and now you know Monet is not going to let that happen either way. Now we are we already know that Diana was warned multiple times: be careful messing around with Tariq. All of last season and this season so far. So I kind of feel like she could still something could still happen between her and Tariq, but. Because Effie understands what it was like to have something with Tariq and then for it not to work out, she can go to Effie as the person that she would talk to about this stuff. And what I'm saying is that, yes, something can be developed from that. Because I think the comment about when the first time you saw Effie this season, she was with another woman. That was something that I don't think we knew about that character last season at all. So that was something that we we started to learn about when we saw her for the first time this season. So I wouldn't completely rule it out because just imagine how angry Tariq or how, how Tariq would feel to know, Oh, I wanted to get with Diana 
And now she is messing around with another girl that I got with. I mean, I kind of feel like that messy type of stuff, that's something that could happen because it would be a conversation starter among the people watching the show. But we'll see. Go ahead. Daniel's going to say something first. He can barely juggle Lauren and the rest of his life. Like, even Lauren's like, you don't pay any attention to me. How is he going to start juggling two people? Well, you see? Well, well, that... That plays into the selfishness, you know, aspect exactly. of, you know. Because Ghost, his father, hey, it's, it's Ghost Jr. So and, then who's and, Angela? Is Lauren Angela? Oh, well, that's a great question. I don't know who Angela is. Because here's, um, if you look at it this way, Angela Angela's is irreplaceable. Is, <laughs> it's simply like that. Angela is irreplaceable. Angela is someone who, no matter how old or time passes, he, he still loves her and needs her in his life. And mm-hmm. as he said to Tasha, basically, you, Tasha was the side chick. Yeah. And so if you look at it now, he doesn't even have that that energy to give to either one to be the main one or even a side chick one. So mm-hmm. well, if, you, if the girl is telling Diana, you know, take your time, make sure it's special blah 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 Mm -hmm. would you go with the guy who you know is in a relationship with and is barely even there in that relationship as being your first time well that's a great question and we know a lot of times you know if they feel if someone feels as though they have a chemistry with somebody i think they might still pursue it now what we do know is that they have planted the seeds of doubt with lauren and Tariq as well because you, the whole scene of when she had her conversation with her friends and then they tried to get her to smoke and all this other stuff, and she said, no, I'm fine with that. Now we know when Tariq and her do have a falling out because it appears, just like Jamie, he had a lot of falling out with Tasha and Angela. When that happens, Tariq is going to be looking for somebody to you know confide in. We know that Diana is somebody who he still is interested in. So it, 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 it see the thing is this it can go it can go two ways it can be a situation where Diana decides where she dev- develops a very strong bond with Effie and she decides to have something with her or maybe just to experiment and see how something would be with her and that makes Tariq jealous or it could be a situation where she does hook up with Tariq and that makes Effie jealous again even though Je- Effie said oh I'm over Tariq and all this other stuff that's why I said it's a lot of different ways that whole situation can, can can pan out now because they planted seeds of doubt that him and Lauren are going to have issues in the so future. Then, do you think that's why they purposely had that staircase episode? That was that stare down. Remember you took her to my spot. Oh yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Because there was still tension and she was not happy to see her. I was like, wow, well, hold on, relax. But yeah, she was not happy. And then, then that's when Tariq said, okay, no, I need, I need to go out of my way to make sure that she knows she is the only one I care about. But what Tariq doesn't know is that she got that watch. That watch, she took off when she saw him, right? So you're thinking, for now, she's not, you know, she she doesn't know that Tariq is involved in any of this stuff. But I'm telling you, something's going to happen with that because they planted some seeds and all of that. Maybe after he finds the watch and knows what the watch does. Maybe Kane Mm -hmm. finds the watch and knows what the watch does. And then that's how we get up with that situation. And then he ends up running to Diana. Diane. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it, it can go in multiple directions, but I, I definitely think them getting together, them getting close together. We know they're going to get close together as far as being friends. What happens beyond that is the question because they, they kind of plant that 
that's a possibility. Again, I don't know if they want to go in that direction. But it in any event, it's still gonna be drama. Whatever happens, it's still gonna be dramatic for Tariq. You know, if they get together or whatever, it's it's cause it's he has all the stuff he's dealing with now with grand grandma drinking and all this other stuff. It, it's a lot of drama with Tariq. So the relationship is gonna be equally dramatic as well. Oh yeah, we're we're in for a lot of drama this season. Like you know, just <laughs> from the stuff they're setting up in these first four episodes. Like yeah, I think uh, this gonna be a, a very interesting season um, later on, mm-hmm. um, and I can't wait to see what like the mid mid season finale is gonna be like. I'm sure there's gonna be some bombs in that episode too. But um, but yeah, uh, great you know great theory there brought up by Esther Negron. So uh, thank you for that comment. Um, and yeah, so the next question I have here is um, basically like, how long do you think it's going to be until the whole Mecca and Zeke thing comes out? And, you know, what will be the fallout of that when, you know, this this revelation hits everyone, you know, hits the the, the uh, Tahada family, you know? Um, so uh, I'll go to you first, Rich, on this one. Like, um, so first of all, how long would it be till it comes out? And then, you know, what will the fallout be once it does come out? So that, go ahead. So that's a tough question. Uh, how long it will be? I know what last week I said, you know, uh, my guess was that uh, Lorenzo might get out in the midseason finale. We found out in this episode, and that's one thing I, I probably should have mentioned. We did find out in this episode, Diana used the money that was stashed to to give to McLean to start the process of getting her father <laughs> yeah. out. And that because when that when they had that that scene in the very beginning before they revealed who was involved, I was wondering, okay, maybe this is probably something Diana did. And and sure enough, yes. So very interesting development. But you know, it doesn't really I don't know how fast they're gonna accelerate to get him out of there. That could be something where, you know, either it happens in the midseason finale or it happens at the end of the season, but I kind of feel like Something explosive has to happen at the midseason finale, which is next week, by the way. So uh, I would not rule out that happening. Uh, It could happen next week. But I kind of think it makes more sense for it to happen in the second half of the season so that it, again, progresses the storyline further. So I will say this season they will find out. And as far as what the reaction is going to be to that, I think it's going to be a lot of distrust with the with, with the kids in terms of how they view their mother. Because all of this time, you know, not only did you tell Zeke that you're his aunt, but you also have them thinking, that, oh, this is this is our cousin. He's not a brother. Yes, we feel like family, but are we really family? Are we really that close? I think the kids would be devastated by this news. Uh, and they wonder what else did what else is Monet lying about? Um, and then the other thing is, you know, Mecca in terms of how he's involved in all of this, that'll be a very interesting bombshell for Kane to find out about since he is working with Mecca and doesn't really have any clue that Mecca has been messing around with his mom and that they have a history. So I'm very curious to see how that all unravels because when it comes out, they're going to, some, some characters are going to feel a certain type of way about that. Would they turn away from Zeke? No, of course not. That's they still will remain close, but it's definitely going to put a strain on their relationship with their mother. I think that's something that I think will for sure happen. But we shall see. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to be something that hits everyone a different way. Like for Zeke, I think he's going to have, you know, when he finds out, he's going to have a lot of inner trauma. You know, he's going to be like very emotionally affected by this, I think. Um, And then, you know, it might take some time. Like he might be initially like very upset and not want to talk to anyone in the family. But then over time, maybe he'll build a connection with Mecca or something. And then um, who knows what could happen there. You know, I feel like Mecca might be the type of man to kind of like, you know, not want him to, to live his type of life. And he might encourage him to keep doing sports or whatever. Mm. But I don't know who who knows. But yeah, they, I think he's going to be very hurt, you know, if, once that comes out. And then, you know, um, for, you know, for someone like Drew, like he's, you know, he seems like he he's very angry, you know, anyway with, you know, his position in the family and stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know what his uh, I don't know what he'll do exactly, but I don't think he'll be happy to know that he's been lied to for this long by, you know, Monet and everyone. And we know Kane, Kane is going to go crazy, you know, once this, because he's been, you know, doing business with, with this guy, Mecca. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked, he worked very hard to get back into, you know, Monet's circle and everything. And to know that, you know, this whole, he, he was pro- pretty much manipulated the entire time, you know, by Mecca, because it seems like Mecca kind of played, you know, he played this whole thing so that he could get close to Monet again. So, like, you know, Kane is going to be upset that he was, like, played like that, you know. Um, and um, and actually, he could be the one that makes the connection because we know that there was that scene where he was at the house and they had the party. And, you know, he, he heard that guy talking about Mecca, the fact that he only loves one woman and all this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe he's going to be the one that ends up making the connection, you know, uh, between those two. Um, uh, I, I don't know if that will lead to the Zeke thing coming out also, but maybe he'll find out that there's something between Monet and Mecca, you know, specifically. Um, and yeah, uh, Diana, um, I think, I think there's, they're building up to like a huge, a huge sort of, uh, you know, friction between her and Monet, I think. So those two, I think, are going to be at odds directly with each other, you know, because, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Rich, Lorenzo. she took the, yeah, she took the money from the safe and then Lorenzo, you know, so they're really building up to some sort of huge rift. Um, and, you know, Lorenzo, you just brought him up. He's kind of like, you know, the dark horse in this whole situation, because, you know, one if this news comes out and splits the family he can kind of pick up the pieces a little bit. So I, I do feel like, you know, he's going to have a strong connection with Diana if she's the one that helps him get out. So he I think he's going to protect her. Um, and then it's a case of, you know, is Kane going to be in that circle too? And is Drew, is Drew going to go with them? You know, it could end up being a whole separation where it's like Monet, Zeke and Mecca. And then on the other side, you have Lorenzo, Diana, and Drew, and Kane, maybe, you know. So um, I'm interested to see how, you know, that whole separation might happen if if, if that's where it's going. 
Um, but yeah, it could go in so many ways. Like, um, you know, the writers are doing a great job building up suspense and building up, you know, potential situations. Like, so, so yeah, uh, great job by the writers. But Dana, what did you think of, of this whole, whole thing? So the question is, you know, how long until the news about Mecca and Zeke comes out and what will the fallout be when it does come out? And you're muted, by the way. Okay. So, as I was saying, I wish that would be the winter finale because that would be something. But I don't think that that's something they're going to do right away. Um, I do see this happening in the second half. Maybe around, well, I don't know how many episodes we have remaining. But the second half of the second half. I would like that to happen. Well, who's to say it even should happen this season? Who knows? But, um... As what was previously said is I do think that a family will end up splitting. Here's is what you have to understand. Half of the family doesn't want to be there to begin with. Um, Mecca's heart is not Mecca. Sorry. Uh, Drew, the basketball player. Is that the, no, Zeke, sorry. The basketball player. Um, he's really just not feeling this whole situation, especially learning after everybody's under. He's going his success is going to provide for the whole family, including the, the, the kids who will soon, or if not already, are adults. So I, you know, with that, he, he doesn't really have to keep playing. I mean, you can end up with the whole argument. Who's really my dad? What's really going on? I don't understand anything. Situation. Um, Kane, we know, like you guys said, he's going to be angry. Um, I think that... Um, Diana is going to be delighted because she's like, ha I'm going to go hang out with my dad, dad, my real dad. And I don't have to deal with you anymore. Lorenzo is actually the one who I really worry about. And I want to know how much does Lorenzo know? Maybe Lorenzo already knows. And that's just okay. But then you had the situation. Remember, you had the whole conversation about um, Mary J. Blige. Monet wanted to mo- wanted to mortgage the house. And he said, why are you acting this way towards your cousin? So they're right there. I just contradicted my own self. So I would love to see that showdown. Maybe he chokes her. Maybe he kills her. Maybe he kills Mecca. Dun, dun, dun. And then he goes back to jail. And I don't know what's going to really happen. But that would be amazing, right? So to know that he... Has this been, he was in jail. You know, he's a killer. We know that. We don't know what that temper is like. But from the way how Monet keeps jumping from season one, episode one, she was jumping and always scared and paranoid about everything. I think that when he finds out, he's the biggest threat of them all. And not Mecca. Mecca, who knows? I don't think he's going to bounce because he did that whole situation. Of, baby, baby, please, I can take care of you. I have money. I'm a real man. You know, I'm not in jail. So I do see this being more like, I don't want to say a showdown between Lorenzo and Mecca, because I don't know how much of uh, Lorenzo's life has changed in jail, meaning whether or not his mindset has changed. Um, I know he has a very strong belief in family. We saw him and the connection between him and Diana. Um but when it comes to Monet, is he like that be over there kicking the butt? Let me go and take the kids who want to be with me and we rebuild from there. I know he mentioned how much that he is not really able to rebuild, rebuild unless he gets back into that life. Um, it seems like you can make a lot of money in that lifestyle. Remember, give me one million dollars in three hours. So cool. Um, maybe he's 
he ends up going back into that life. And he's like, you know, kicks Mary to the side. Mary could die. Mary could run off with Mecca. Um, I don't feel, here's another thing though, is that Mecca is okay with being the unknown parent. He was gone for 26 years, 24 years, all of those years he was gone, but he's okay with, you know, not being completely involved and, and with anything. Remember the whole, he did give the whole, I'll take care of your kids situation. But I just kind of wonder if she's to put her foot down and she's to say, you have to leave. I think he will leave. So it really kind of comes down to what Lorenzo is going to do and what Monet is willing to do to keep her family together. So to answer your question, very long-winded, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know, no no one knows, really. Like, they, they've set this up so perfectly that it's impossible to know because it could go so many different ways. But it's fun to speculate. It's fun to come up with these theories. So that's why we're here, you know. Um, there is one, you know, person who, uh, you know, if this all blows up and there's some sort of divide in the family, you know, there is, there's actually two people who are going to be at the middle of this. Uh, Tariq is one of them, but there's one person also where, you know, that we might be forgetting here and that's Davis McLean. Because, <laughs> 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 yeah. He's going to find a way just to profit off everything. Remember, he's getting money, oh, yeah. two yep. separate incomes from this one family and they don't yep. know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we're going to see his slimy characteristics come out there because he has to kind of, you know, blurred alliance between both of them. And we saw in this episode, he was actually talking to Tariq and he he mentioned to him, oh, you know, on one hand, the daughter's, you know, uh, getting me to do this stuff. And then, you know, now I've got Monet here, you know, um, with the Sikh stuff. So he even mentioned it in this episode. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he walks that line. But you he know, wins um, either way. He does. Because if know. there's a murder, but, he'll hire, be hired to, to help him <laughs> get free or to prosecute him. And if there's a divorce, he's a divorce lawyer too. It works yeah. out. Yeah, but if, 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 if there is a separation and it leads to a legal dispute, then it's a conflict of interest. So he can't represent both. So in that case, one of them would have to get a new lawyer. So I don't see if there is a separation. I don't see them like divorcing and then hiring lawyers. So yeah, much. I mean, they, yeah, they they might not go through the court. So you know that it might be okay. But but if they ever do go through the courts, then you know he can't represent both. So we'll uh, find a way to we'll do to that. See. He'll just get sacks to represent the other. <laughs> yeah, he could do that. Yeah, um, or maybe uh. Maybe Proctor's got an illegitimate son out there somewhere who, who's in oh, law. No, no, uh-uh, no. Pro- Proctor's, Proctor's finished. <laughs> might Proctor. see, might, 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 might see his daughter in in um, force. Force. Maybe. Oh yeah. yeah Are they Italian? Uh, well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, sure. yeah, yeah, I, I believe they are, but I'm just saying. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that, he that, was. That I character, think. that character has unfinished business with Tommy, so at some point you probably see her again. Not, uh, you know, maybe not the first season. You know, depends. We'll yeah, because because remember he uh, wasn't Benny his cousin or something like that. Yeah, and yep. So yeah, so yeah, I think he was Italian or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, 
yeah, I'm, I, I can't wait to see more of, you know, McLean, because we know he has the whole situation as well with his brother um, that he's trying to get out, you know, Redman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying to get him out of prison. So, um, and I, I kind of, now, this is this, one of my most hated characters in all power has been Sax. Like, I've, <laughs> I've, I've hated this character for, for so long. Like, he's one character I wanted to see die, like, multiple times. But... I like this dynamic they have going with with uh, McLean and Sax. Like, I think this is the perfect place for him. Like, when he was a cop, like an investigator, he was just plain annoying. Like, I just never wanted to see him. Like, he was always like just ruining the fun um, of the show. But but in this role with McLean, like that's perfect for him. Uh, wow. They just they just need to tone down the sex scenes. I don't want to see Sax in bed. But well, yeah, okay. um, well, actually, can I make a quick comment about that? Uh, yeah. one, one thing we know we do know about a, a sax is that he always <laughs> screws things up. So that situation, that situation with this uh, prosecutor, that will come back and bite him because you see him fishing for information in this episode, trying to to get you know to really investigate what's happening with Lorenzo and this other case behind her back. So he will mess that up. Like he messes up everything else. So stay tuned for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll find a way to mess that up for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> was you going to say something to Dana? It was just funny <laughs> how you was talking about he screws things up and you're like, oh, and then the girlfriend. I'm like, he's literally screwing things up. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. He is. And Davis yeah. McLean commented on that as well in this episode. So yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah. The, those two have a have a great buddy dynamic going on in the show, so I like it. Uh, and and I'm wondering if uh, McLean is going to leverage that situation with the district attorney, you know, um, oh, yeah. to to kind of help, you know, with oh, yeah. his brother, get his brother out and stuff. So I um, see that coming. That's coming. Yeah, but yeah. So that's that. Um, so, you know, I did have a, a question here. I guess we can revisit this topic briefly before we end off. So we did talk about this a little bit before, you know, um, the question is basically, you know, who will get framed for Ramirez's murder? Will it be Bray or Tariq? So we talked about how, you know, Kane planted it in their room. Um, and it's, you know, me and Rich interpreted it as um, Kane is trying to frame Tariq there, but then also Dana brought up, you know, it could be Bray. So what I what I think it could go one or two ways. I think if if it gets found in the room, there could be a situation where Bray is in the room at, at the time when it's caught and then he decides to take the rap for it, like for Tariq, like as a friend or something. Like he, you know, they he takes the rap for it to protect Tariq or whatever. Um, but then Tariq will try to clear his name and get him out. Um, or it could be that, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think also Tariq might find it and then find a way to leverage it with his whole Tate situation where he wants dirt on Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Um, and the like what, what that makes me think of is when they went hunting in the woods. Um, so I'm wondering if he might, you know, try and plant like a situation where, uh, 
where, you know, maybe Sweeney, you know, murdered him out in the woods or something. And, you know, I don't know. Like, he, he could try and spin it somehow. You know, I don't know. Like, Tariq is a smart guy. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what will happen there. So let's revisit this just briefly to give, you know, some final perspective on this. Um, so who do you think is going to be framed, you know, um, and who might even find that evidence? You know, is it going to be Brother Tate? You know, uh, who who would find it? Or would it be Kevin? You know, so uh, what do you think uh, of that? Uh, I'll go go with you first, Dana. What do you think? I just, Sorry, uh, do you not want to go first? No, I'll I'll go first. I'm stuttering because okay. I'm trying to come up with an answer because I honestly don't know. Like I said, I was the only one who interpreted as it being um, um, Brayden getting set up. I, I you know, I, I I don't think I don't think I don't think you're the only one. This is I think it's a lot of yeah. people because it, 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 it could go in any direction. But it's it was a little unclear because of what happened previously, and then I don't know if it's changed. So, but continue. Kane, You're definitely not the only one. Because again, Kane doesn't catch feelings. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it would make the perfect sense. But then you also have to remember one thing, and I think that they did a really great job of establishing this, aside from just the whole Tate situation of I want a political seat. Braden comes from a pair of family that has power. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so they could easily hire McLean. I'm sorry, he's great, but he's not great, great. You know, and he can, they can easily hire someone who is high powered, has really better connections, close connections. And also we forgot Braden's white, white with privilege. And we have seen that and how, see how far that can go. You can murder people in the street and still get away with it. So in the case of this, um, whatever it is that they try to set Braden up with, I do not see this um, sticking especially not from a legal defense. But I do wonder if it makes, if it's more about what will happen with the friendship and how that is where you really hurt Brayden. You don't hurt him legally. You hurt him personally. And as he said from the very beginning, I like doing this with you. I don't have to. I come from money. I don't have to do anything with you. I like doing this with you because there's a sense of purpose. It makes me feel like I can do something and that people want me around. And he gets really happy about it. He's a little too hot-headed. We saw with the gun and the gun had to jam because dude would be like trigger happy as well with this. But my thing is, if to harm Braden the most would be to betray his trust. And I think the way to set Braden up would be for Braden to find the police badge. I don't know which drawer or whose drawer it belonged to that he put inside of the the badge inside of. I I wonder if maybe Braden finds it and if he thinks Tariq is trying to set him up. And it causes that kind of conflict and distrust between them. And that's where the, the, the way to hurt Braden the most is to hit him with someone who he thought he can trust. And that lends up him going and hanging out more with Kane. Because if you really looked at it, Braden is hanging out with Kane without Tariq knowing. He's playing two, he's, they're, they're, they're not, I don't want to say using each other. We know that Kane is purposely out there using Braden, but we don't, but we, but we know that Tariq is not using him. That's an actual genuine friendship that's between those two. 
But with this struggle that they're having, that I hope that they end up playing upon for the upcoming episodes, is that Brayden is going to feel that Tariq is untrustworthy. If you look at it through Brayden's eyes, Tariq is never there. He's calling Tariq and he won't pick up the phone. You know, he's hiding things from him. Remember the whole situation with Lauren. I have to constantly tell him, make sure you don't tell Brayden, you don't tell Lauren what we're really into. Then the watch. I wonder who's going to find the watch. Braden may know something about wiring and tinkering and whether or not there's a listening device in it. So maybe Braden is the one who finds the watch and is like, what the hell is going on with this situation? How much is, is Tariq willing to do in order to get his sister? Remember as well, you have Tariq is also fighting for custody with his sister. And so how much is he willing to do in order to, to get his sister in his custody? Remember, we know that Tariq can't live there when he gets custody of his sister. If he ever does. So he's going to, oh, he's moving out. He's moving along without me. He's not including me into anything. So to me, this is more why he's, you know, Braden is the one that's getting set up. And I forgot what the original question was because I'm going down a rabbit hole. Okay. Can I just uh, make a comment? Yeah, go ahead, Rich. I, 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 think, I, think, I, think, I think you nailed it, Dana. Yay. It is to create distrust between those two because that the whole thing about Kane getting close to Brayden is to try to throw Tariq off his game. So it makes perfect sense. The question is going to be how they execute that because there's a lot of different ways they can go. The but but again, it's it's I, I kind of feel like that's that, that was done intentionally to make you question how it's gonna it's going to work out in the end. Because all the stuff with Braden, like when he went out with, with Kane, you know, when they went to, to go hit the licks, there were people shooting at his new car that he got from his parents. When they went to the jewelry spot, the guy saw Braden's face. So it, everything looks as though if, you know, yeah, people will believe Braden is definitely involved to an extent in this stuff. But as you said, yes, he does have, he is in a, in a position of power uh, because of his family. And I'm pretty sure they also mm. may have some cops on payroll that would help them get out of a jam as well. So it's that's why I say it, it's this situation. It, it is, I think it definitely is designed to cause tension between those two because everything you said about him ignoring Braden's calls and then he's never there, he's with Lauren, all this other stuff. They have to have something, a blow up that, that leads to him completely just siding with Kane and being with Kane all the time. So this could be what that is. But yeah, it, it can go in a lot of different directions. But yeah, I think you made a very good point of what you said of why it is mm-hmm. believable that this could happen. So, And, and yeah. also, from a legal standpoint, does anyone remember affluenza? I'm going to take that silence as a no. No, influenza. A-F-F-L-U-E-N-Z-A. It's an actual real term where it's a psychological defense. They use it as a criminal defense for people who are extremely rich. It's a psychological defense affecting wealthy young people that symptoms include a lack of motivation, feeling of guilt, and sense of isolation. And I say this because anything legally that they try to do with Braden 
also another defense and knowing McLean, he could use because I think that McLean is going to just be everyone's lawyer at this point. <laughs> but basically, that is a legal term that they have used really recently for when rich people are able to get away with certain crimes. They call it affluenza. Hmm. And that is their defense. They act criminally because they no longer have a sense of purpose because they have everything that life could ever offer them. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's a real mm. terminology. Yeah. They're like, dropping yeah, game right now. <laughs> no, it's a real like it, it's it's a, this is what happens when you're stuck at home during the whole pandemic thing and you, you pay attention <laughs> and you watch weird things. But this is a real defense. Yeah. Sorry. That makes sense. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. No, you, you both uh, raised some excellent points um, there. And um, what was it? Dana said something that made me. Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Dana, you brought up the fact that, you know, of course, Tariq is trying to to get an apartment so he can get custody of, mm -hmm. you know, Yasmin. So, you know, that made me think that, you know, if he does get that apartment, you know, maybe that badge doesn't even get found until later on when he's already moved away from that campus, you know, and and then, you know, automatically the blame falls on Braden at that point, you know, so. The, it, let me just add a comment. We, we know how obsessed, uh, obsessed that Kevin is, so um, mm -hmm. we'll see how, how quick this accelerates because obviously yeah. Stern has some control now. And I do think that Stern is going to have to assert himself even more with Kevin. So I'm, I look forward to seeing that that little uh, showdown. Um, but we'll see. It's, it, yeah. but, uh, but I like that it can go in any direction. So that's a very good job with the writing. And see, yeah, it's, it's, it's real. Affluenza is a real term. Mm. Oh, yeah. We, we believe you. Right? <laughs> believe Psychological. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, great points overall there. Um, I just have, you know, one more small question, you know, um, and then, you know, we'll kind of uh, end this off. But, you know, we've seen, we saw, you know, um, in this episode, um, Tariq has a face-to-face -face moment with, you know, his grandma. Um, so <laughs> how do you... <laughs> How do you guys see that situation, you know, ending off? Like, are they going to... Do you think she might she might clean up and fix her issues or, you know, is he going to completely cut, end up cutting her off from the family? You know, do you think it, they'll it, find some peace and resolution or anything like that? Like, what do you think will happen? Uh, go ahead, Rich. Uh, first and foremost, let me just say, uh, I'm so happy to see Jeffrey Owens back. <laughs> this character was dropping bombs the end of, of the regular power when he was the one that told uh, Tariq and everybody how much money they were going to be getting from James at a later time, of course. So I was happy to see him return. And, you know, he had the conversation with Tariq in this episode about that. And he was kind of playing it off like, yeah, this is, you know, I don't think that's, that's going to happen Tariq, but Tariq is adamant. No, we need to do this. We have to do it. So um, yes, it is going to happen. And from a, from the whole standpoint of it coming to this whole court hearing thing, this is, again, it's more pressure on Tariq. But you know why it's also smart is because it will once again bring Tamika back. Because I'm pretty sure that Tariq will get her assistance the same as he got her assistance when he was going through the stuff with his mother. Um, 
try to get her involved in helping in this because I don't I don't know if he will mm-hmm. be able to afford uh, the services of uh, McLean once again. McLean is pretty busy right now, um, but uh, I mean we'll we'll see we'll see how that how that goes down. But uh, it's it is something that is going to happen because of all the the, the drama the, the drama behind it. And again, it adds to the amount of things that Tariq has on his plate to have to deal with. So, yes, that situation will escalate even more so. Uh, the only question is, is the grandmother going to drink herself to death? Or is she? will she still be around long enough to have this trial? And, what, and then what if she does win that trial? What that means for his sister, it would not be a good situation. So, But it is going to happen. We know that. It's just a matter of how fast it's going to happen. This is probably something that could get wrapped up at the end of the season, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I do think uh, we'll see that wrapped up and and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a happy ending where, you know, he's able to take control. Like he'll, he'll be the house owner and he'll even invite her back into the fold if she gets clean, you know, and stuff like that. Like it could, it could end happy, but because they reintroduced that character that you said, you yeah. know, it, it seems like it might not exactly go that way. So but I, what, was I, you, what was you about to say? I, I just want to say this and then we'll go to Dana. Uh, yeah. This is, this is, this is power. There is no happy ending. So <laughs> I think that Tariq, yeah, something is not because of all the stuff that's happening now with Tariq regarding these, these bodies, uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the streets need a body. Yes. Regarding all of this stuff streets happening with Tariq, it is. It's, this is not going to end positively. You know, by the end of this season, I'm very curious to see what happens from a storyline standpoint going into season three. Which, by the way, the show was renewed for season three. Um, oh yeah. But uh, it, this is not going to end well. But but yeah, this is a lot of things that Tariq has to deal with. So I'm very curious to see. He may have success in certain areas, but all of this is not going to end positively. We, we know that for a fact. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I just wanted to play devil's advocate and you know make <laughs> make people believe it could end happy, but yeah, it's it's definitely not gonna end happy. Yeah. But um, but Dana, what's your thoughts on you know Big Mama? What do you think is gonna happen? Big Mama, um, I I found it funny you brought up Tamika because remember Tamika the last time we saw her when when Cooper when Sax walked into the door and she was like, I don't know you, and yeah. kicked her out the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I would love to have her back. That would be hilarious. Um, but in terms of Big Mama, uh, it's sad. I'm Team Big Mama. Big, like I said previously, she was raising everyone else's kids, mm-hmm. including her own. And then now you have to raise your third generation. Is it third? Nope, second. But still, point is the next generation of kids. She oh, she tired. She wants a break. I think she's using alcoholism as a way to just escape as she even said so herself it's a way of escape she's not being offered a whole bunch of money to go to like go to tahiti and take a vacation no she's constantly raising other people she has to wake up at a certain time and make sure she go to bed make sure that other people are taken care of where she hasn't had an opportunity to take care of herself so with that said i wonder if she'll drop it all 
if she'll just be like, at the end of the day, you know what? I'm tired. And to go through this whole situation and to go through a trial and with lawyers and this whole case thing. And here we're looking at you stumbling in a bar. That's embarrassing. So it may just be easier for her to, to just walk away from it all. But then they also mentioned the part, the fact with the money, she was using the money that was meant to take care of Yasmin in order to buy alcohol for everything. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how, how, closely tied she needs that money because i don't see grandma going out and going let me go get a job at this or i don't know how much grandma's um ssi or whatever you call it the the old people benefits that i can't remember retirement fund or whatever kind of security money that she i don't know what she has so i don't know if she's fighting in for to get that money um, I do think that she genuinely cares about the kids. I don't think you're going to sit up there and raise somebody else's kids, you know, if you don't care about them. But there comes a moment where she has to take care of herself. I think she said she's pushing 70. When do you get a me time? If you're mm-hmm. 70, your me time is what? When you're in the casket? So it might just be easier for her. I know at this moment she's very angry and she's like, I'll see you in court. How dare you? But it might just be easier for her to walk away. Pay grandma a lump sum. And grandma just walks away from it all. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. see if that happens. I mean, to uh, just go out there and to go out and to, it's a lot of energy to go through a whole trial and to do testimony and mm-hmm. to go in and figure everything out. It's exhausting. And we, she's, they're going to use that memory. She has maybe dementia or she has alcoholism against her. Mm-hmm. So, it, it doesn't seem like it's a winning case overall. The both sides are not great, but once Tariq does get an apartment and that illegal business starts generating some fake income, it looks better on his side. He's younger. You know, he could take care. He may have better connections. He can get her into, into different places. He has the money that's coming to him really soon. I don't know what you were still in the first year of school, right? Right. I'm going to assume for the second year. I don't know if he's still a freshman. But the point is, the money coming in soon um, will help eventually. He has, he's working. He's uh, an established student where he's getting good grades. So once that comes in, they may look at it more on his side. Grandma is much older. Grandma is an alcoholic. Grandma is wasting the money. Grandma was pushing down the kid. So for us, that's just regular old how we was all raised. You know, grandma must have slapped us upside the head a couple of times. <laughs> call it a day. <laughs> No one died, but in today's generation, you can't do that. So that looks bad. So Tariq looks like he has more of a winning case. And then you have to also pay people more money when you go to trial. Where is she getting the extra money from? So Well, 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 can't she be appointed a a, a lawyer? She can be appointed a lawyer, but it's going to be like the janky lawyer. You can't go to – Bill, what was this? I'm gonna say, man, the, the dude with the dude who was on the Bill Cosby show. You can't go on him because he already <laughs> gave his word to Tariq that he supports yeah. him. So you're not so, gonna go to him. So here, so here's so here's a thought. Y'all don't think that it might be Tamika working against Tariq's? That that could happen because because yeah. I'm all for a uh, uh, Tamika versus. Um, Davis McLean, you know, yep. case in the courtroom or something like that would be entertaining to watch. So, <laughs> so. we'll see. Yes, yeah, it works. But again, 
I just don't know. And even if you take the case, it seems like a losing case overall. Unless, well, the next when Tamika comes in and starts questioning where is the actual business? Where are you mm-hmm. getting the actual mm-hmm. money? And yep. then between what's going on with the whole thing at school, remember how they keep questioning the kids and they're like, oh, there's a drug pipeline thing going around. When I was in school, um, I went to a majority white one and they would conduct. I'm not sure why I brought that up. But anyway, they would conduct. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why they would conduct not overall, but sometimes campus police would be really extra nosy towards the the minority students. Mm -hmm. And they would walk in and feel like they would have that authority to be able to, to, to trape in and look at your belongings. And so with this being a whole drug situation on campus, and especially when they found the pills, remember, will there be constant sweeps in the dorm room Mm. from campus police I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's going to be like a prison state up there, but if that's whole drug pipeline situation, will the police like be able to sweep through people's belongings? I don't know the legalities of it, but just say for the show, you don't have to be legal. You just write whatever you want to write in. I wonder if there's going to be any of that. And in that way, that's how the badge is found. That ends up bringing more questions to what's going on. Cause he's still on campus. This is not like he's off campus. It's still on campus. So maybe there'll be some type of sweep and that's how they find a batch. And then that ends up hurting Tariq more. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many ways it can go. But, um, you know, last thing I'll say on, on this whole, you know, big mama thing is, um, you know, even if Tariq ends up getting custody of um, Yasmin, he's going to lead, he's going to need a lot of help because he can't keep his eye on, you know, on his sister. 24 7 especially if he's going to college and he's doing the whole drug business and everything like Mm -hmm. he can't he can't keep his eyes on her (laughs) like he's gonna need some help and whether that comes from lauren or you know i I don't know who else it would be you know um so he's gonna need somebody else you know he's gonna need some sort of family you know um contact to to help him so i'm wondering if he's gonna go out of his way to to appeal to his his grandma and try and get her into rehab so that, you know, she can continue to be an asset to the family somehow in the future. But well, he's, he said that know, to grandma. Grandma was like, kiss my butt. Yeah. He raised you. He can try harder. You know, he can, uh, he, he'll have to go out of his way to really, you know, do something to make her change her mind. This is why he should not have shut out Brayden because Brayden has the resources where legally he can get him help, you know, and in terms of uh, a proper day, I don't know what children go to, daycare, after school programs and whatever babysitting thingy majiggy rich people can afford. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. He's definitely going to need help, though. So I, he could he could go to Braden. He could go to Lauren. I guess we'll have to see what he decides. But go ahead, Rich. And, and, and he can also go to Tate, but there will be a price to pay for that for working oh, with yeah. Tate. So. Yeah, he, he's going to ask him for something in return. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think Kate is, Tate is going to let him lend him any more credit because he still didn't get any information on Sweeney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, go, yeah, he, 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 he still probably, has to he, do that. 
he probably gonna be rushing him in that next episode. Hey, brother, where is my mm-hmm. information on on Sweeney? Yeah, that's coming. Oh, what happened here? Uh oh. Uh, technical difficulties. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like um. Let's get into you know the quick uh, news because you know Dana. Uh, well, one of you mentioned it. I can't remember. I think uh, season three. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been you, Rich. Actually, yeah. So, the sh- the show was renewed um, for season three, um, and yeah, I I believe you know I'm going to hand it over to Dana. She can give us all the details. Uh, but I believe you know the showrunner is someone that you know we're familiar with their work. You know they work somewhere else. So go ahead, Dana. Let, let us know about season three of Book Two Ghosts. Like, what's going on with that? You're muted as well. Can you hear me? Can you hear the pain in my heart? All right. So basically, what we know of Ghost has been renewed for a third season. Well, but here's the downside. Here's the sadness comes. Okay. It's been renewed. Everyone's returning who isn't dead that we know of is going to return, except the fact that Courtney Kemp is stepping down porque she has, remember she sent a nice, big, fat, yummy check with Netflix to start creating her own shows. Um, I think it's around a good chunk of change or maybe close to more of a hundred million dollars. I don't know what the, what the full number is, but it's closer to a hundred million dollars. And as a result, she's going to step down as showrunner, but she will stay on as the executive producer of the show. And since she's stepping down, we need a new showrunner. And that means we're going to go and find the showrunner. His name is Brett Mahoney. Yay, new showrunner. Here's where people are going to get a little side eye with. He is the former Empire showrunner, which people have liked Empire. I loved Empire, except as as the seasons continued, it greatly lost its way. To the point where you could go on the the Instagrams, you can go on the tweets and the deets. Uh, People were no longer liking how this show was because there were so many different thousands of plot lines and things that really didn't make any sense that it lost the the entire, I wouldn't want to say, the original narrative of the show. It lost the heart of the show, which was family. And we ended up with all these side characters exhibit and then all these other different people coming in and it making the show just kind of go completely off the rails. But the president or the CEO, sorry, of Stars did say this. The continued success and cultural renaissance of the Power Universe is unprecedented and fans are still clearly hungry for more Power Book 3. And so we are excited for the third season of the star-studded series to get into production early next year, just ahead of the debut of Power Book 4, Force, which is the fourth installment of the rapidly expanding franchise. So maybe because, you know, Courtney Kemp is not stepping away completely. She's still going to be the executive producer, which still means that she has some say and she still has some, wait for it, power. And so with that being said, maybe she will be able to kind of steer and help guide the vision of um, the new showrunner, Brett Mahoney. So fingers crossed that that will all work out and will be um, awesome. Yay. 
Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting, you know, to see how that, that <laughs> show runner, you know, um, adds his flair to to uh, season three, you know. Um, and I know we all recall the whole marketing beef between Power and Empire. I guess yep. we can say Power won then because, you know, now they're hiring Empire people. So, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, very, very interesting, uh, you know, there. Um, but what, you got any thoughts on that, Rich? Uh, I just was going to say, as long as Courtney Kemp is still involved and her vision of the show is there, because my, my thing is that I, I know that, that she cares about this show, uh, what it did for her career. So I, I believe that there's part of her that wrote out a plan of where you want this story to go. So as long as that remains intact, uh, then I'm okay with this decision, but I guess we'll we'll know we we will know very you know as this happens going into the third season, and if you see certain stuff with the show feels off, you'll know why it is. <laughs> but um, I I think as long as she's involved to a to a degree and her, and her everything she planned for the show remains intact, it should be okay. But again, we shall see what happens in next year yeah. when this uh, season returns. Yeah, I, I would like to 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 think that you know they would stick to her plan of what she has set out because she's obviously building towards something. Mm-hmm. But um, very often, when you know different people take over certain things, like they they get their own creative ideas, you know, and then they start to implement that instead. So yeah, yeah. It, it could it could go it could go good or it could go bad. So I guess we just have to wait and see, but. I do want the people to chime in and let us know what they think, you know, of this news and uh, what they think might happen with that that third season, you know, with the new showrunner and everything. Of course, you know, 50 Cent will also still be at Stars, so his influence will be there also. So uh, hopefully things won't, it won't be like a drastic shift once the new showrunner takes over. Well, one last comment to make, uh, one thing we do know, regardless of what happens with this particular third season, at least you know that uh, someone by the name of uh, Jesse Smollett will not be making any appearances on this show. But, uh, yeah, that's what we do know. That's Jesse Smollett. <laughs> Calling Mr. Jesse Smollett. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah the French actor. <laughs> I've been hearing all about that case. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, interesting stuff. So yeah, that's pretty much it for you know this week. Oh, we we ran pretty long, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please uh, hit the like button, subscribe, leave a comment, and also hit the bell to get notified. You know when a new episode drops and everything. Um, and definitely do take your time to check out some of the other content we have. You know, we cover a lot of things, you know, from The Walking Dead, you know, um, to West Side Story um, and, you know, Snowfall even, you know, when that show comes back, you know, we cover that show also, you know, BMF, like, you know, so we cover a lot of entertainment, also video games, uh, wrestling, you know, so definitely take the time to check out some of the other content we have on both the YouTube channel and the website, thecoalition.com. That's coalition with a K. So yeah, get tapped in. Um, do you have any shout outs, Rich, before we get out of here? 
Yeah, I want to give a shout out to everybody that commented on the last uh, couple of episodes, as well as the people who have subscribed to the channel. Uh, feel free to let us know if you enjoy these shows, and we'll definitely continue to make them because we do enjoy watching these these shows ourselves. Uh, but yeah, just take, thank everybody for their continued support. I hope everybody is having a good holiday season, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Yep, indeed. And Dana, any shout-outs? Um, shout-outs to everyone who is listening, who continues to listen to us. We have a multitude of interviews that are coming up still because I, uh, uh, Jesus is on crackers. I have a lot to interview because uh, it's Oscar season, and somehow I got on the list of being part of the four-year consideration uh, screeners mm-hmm. of everything. So thoughts and prayers also. Look out, maybe starting on the, uh, what is it, the 13th of November, of December, sorry, the 13th of December, there is a screening for a really popular movie that everybody's waiting to go see. It's it's swinging into theaters really soon. (laughs) What is the 17th? And uh, if all pales out, you know, on the 13th, embargoes break. So mm. stay tuned for that. It, it breaks at 1.30 a.m. And, and wow. yeah, so that'll, that'll be something there. But also, um, I have really quickly, if anyone watches Queens, which is the Fox TV show starring Eve and Notori, if you want to know what happened to Tasha, Notori is also on that show, along with a, a lot of other people. If you watch that show, uh, we did have an interview with Notori Norton. And mm-hmm. I, once again, I was right. I can't say what I was right for, but if you watch the finale of Queens, then you will know how I was right. So that will be up on the site Um starting on when Queens has their finale. Um, I'm kind of jibber-jabber with the dates right now, but I have seen that finale, and yay me. So (laughs) we have that coming up. We have a lot of people who may be uh, swinging through. That's also coming up. We also have with WWE, hilariously, they have an animated TV series, not show, sorry, movie, animated movie that was supposed to come out two years ago, but because of the vid, um, it's coming out now on Paramount+. Plus. We're working on getting interviews with the cast that may be wrestlers. So that'll be really fun, too. I got approved for that. Um, Also, we have another interview with Terry Crews. Please don't judge me. That's be coming up really soon as well. And so just stick to the channel because there's a lot of things. West Side Story dropped. We have all of the conferences. We have the individual interviews that I did. That is also out. If you want to know whether or not that was any good, I did a whole review thing on that. And I cried at the end because yay. And so I'm taking up way too much of your time. So we have a lot of things just on the website and also on the YouTube and also the Game Awards, which was really interesting, but way too long. So thank you for listening to us and for watching us and for listening to this monologue wow and like dana makes me want to like go to to hun 25th and buy all the the dvds so i can check out all these reviews that she's gonna do like you know because i need to see all these movies (laughs) oh whoa whoa look at that whoa whoa she's got loads man yeah um yeah, I can't wait to, you know, check out all the content. I'm definitely looking forward to Spider-Man. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just want to give a big shout out to, um, you know, Esther Negron for, for, for leaving that comment. 
Um, and also, you know, all the people who listen, I check the stats and everything, you know, big ups, all the people in Jamaica, uh, the people in Ghana and Cameroon and Nigeria, you know, all those people over there are listening. I see that in stats, you know, as well as people in the US and the UK. So big shouts to everyone who listens and supports the show. Uh, we will be back next week to cover the mid-season finale. Um, and then, you know, after that, the show returns in January. So, yeah, uh, there, there is a break during Christmas week. But, uh, yeah, Dana, you had one more thing to add. One more shout-out. Shout-out to Drew, because Drew's the real one. He set up a GoFundMe to help his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one talked about that. He's trying. He's basic, yeah. but he tries. <laughs> yeah, he, he did try. He did try. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he, he tried he a lot no in this credit. episode. No <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he tried a lot. Yeah, yes, for he real. Did. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, peace out to everyone. Take care. You know, stay in good health and everything. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Peace. Peace.